I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. You know, today I want to talk to you about something that, uh, well, frankly, the powers that be didn't want me necessarily to talk about. They didn't want you to know about what I'm going to tell you next. And uh, I had to weigh that out, but I believe that knowledge is the key to law-abiding, honest gun owners being able to defend themselves. And the truth is the truth, and you need to know what you need to know so you can protect yourself. And let me just make it clear. If I don't tell you what I know and try to keep things quiet and secret, and then it suddenly pops with the state, then people are going to say, hey, how come Knappen never told me about this? And you know what? You'd be right. You'd be right because you have a right to know. Keeping knowledge, keeping something away from somebody is not the way to do things. I don't believe in that at all, and I'm not going to start with this. And look, you can dispute what I may have to say. You could say, hey, Knappen, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about, or he's uh, being alarmist, or whatever critics a fear monger. I mean, I've heard it all. But the problem is, after all those things get said, I end up with actual cases and defending people, and the fearmonger thing, you know, uh, is wonderful to say, except when you're the guy facing 10 years in state's prison with a minimum three and a half years with no chance of parole because you didn't know something that could have saved you. So we're not going to do that today. Instead, I'm going to tell all of you about how in my belief, literally hundreds of thousands of honest New Jersey gun owners, and for that matter, other states as well, have now been turned into potential felons and uh, in New Jersey face mandatory state prison. And uh, this has occurred because of a, an advance in technological development and this is something where the item that was created, I like. It's cool. It's a great idea. But it impacts the dynamic of the gun laws and how they are defining prohibited items and suddenly things become illegal that weren't. And what I'm talking about is that a brand new bayonet has been developed and is being uh, sold to civilian market that makes your semi-auto rifle into an assault firearm and you don't even have to own the bayonet in order for that to happen. Now let me explain why this is so and how it is so and uh, lay out for you what you need to know so that you can hopefully protect yourself from becoming another victim of a gun law. The Ontario Knife Company has recently announced a new product called a retractable bayonet. And I'm quoting now from an article by Jim Grant in Ammo Land, and Ammo Land is a fantastic news source 
for gun owners. So if you don't subscribe to Amolin's news feed, you're missing out. Let me highly, highly recommend that you lock into Amoland because uh, it's it's great. And in this Amoland article, I'll quote from it here. It says the uh, the CEO and president of the Ontario Knife Company is quoted as follows. Let me read you his quote. OKC has been making high-quality bayonets for the U.S. military for decades. And this new retractable bayonet design is unlike anything we've ever created before, says Kenneth Tribovich, president and CEO of Ontario Knife Company. Quote, with its unique retractable feature, premium materials used and the, now be Pay careful attention to this. And the ability to easily mount to your AR or any Picatinny rail system is truly a multifunctional blade, and we're excited to launch it to the civilian market. So how is that significant? It's significant not because it is a retractable bayonet, which is a cool feature, but that doesn't have any impact as far as gun laws are concerned. No, the key is that this bayonet mounts to a Picatinny rail. And the reason that is significant, extremely significant, and we're talking here about, about a company, okay, which is the, one of the long-time primary bayonet providers to the U.S. military. That's who's making this. This isn't even this isn't a one-off, etc. This is one of the primary bayonet makers to the U.S. military. He's now making this bayonet that attaches to the Picatinny rail. And the significance is that in the definition that is followed for assault firearm, there is created a matrix of features that we call the offending features. And these features are what are determinative as to whether it is an assault firearm or not. Now, I'm going to review this with you carefully so you can fully understand how this works. You see, possession of an assault firearm, for example, in New Jersey, is a very serious business. It is draconian beyond your imagination even it's insanity it carries a 10-year state prison sentence and a minimum mandatory three and a half years in state's prison if you're convicted so if you're convicted of possession of a assault farm in jersey it doesn't matter you have no prior convictions you're a total law-abiding citizen you're a wonderful person in your community it doesn't matter if you're mother Teresa. it doesn't matter that judge has no discretion whatsoever. And if you're convicted, you, he, he is required or she is required to impose a minimum mandatory three and a half years, no chance of parole. So you'll do every day of that three and a half years before you can even get out. Now, that three and a half years isn't your sentence because your sentence is going to be up to 10. But of that up to 10 years, three and a half of it 
is mandatory minimum. That's the lightest sentence a judge can give you for possession, simple possession of a so-called arbitrarily defined term of assault firearm. So how is assault firearm determined in New Jersey? Well, it's extraordinarily convoluted and contradictory and ridiculous. It's one of the worst written criminal law definitions of anything anywhere. It's five parts, and it's extremely complicated. And the first part is a list of 67 named guns on a list. So if you have any of these named guns on the list, well, they're an assault firearm by name. And it's simply, that's it. If that's the name, then that's banned. It's a name ban. But the second part of the five-part definition says that any firearm that is substantially identical to any firearm on the list. What does substantially identical mean? I mean, think about it. Substantial means almost. Identical means exact. What the hell does almost exact mean? That's about as vague as it gets. And because of that vagueness, I at one point had the law declared unconstitutional in a case called State v. Merrill for vagueness, because no citizen, no some, you can't understand what the law is that's unconstitutional. You can't conform your behavior. If no one knows what's banned, how are you supposed to know what you can and can't have? After winning Merrill, a well-intentioned gun group in New Jersey brought a federal lawsuit challenging the definition on the grounds that I had won in the state court. And in so doing, the attorney general was brought in who took upon himself to put forward an attorney general opinion that they're empowered to do to a certain degree, uh, an opinion that defined the term substantially identical. And they define that term by taking verbatim the 1994 federal assault weapon ban language. And they put that language into the opinion to define substantially identical. Now, this, of course, is amazing. In other words, somehow our legislators in 1990, when New Jersey's assault firearm law passed, somehow they knew that their undefined, unconstitutionally vague term would miraculously be defined by the federal government four years later. That's fascinating. But the judge in the federal case bought it and said, fine, now you know what substantially identical means, and have a nice day. So, New Jerseyans have suffered under this ever since. But you see, this Attorney General opinion that adopted the 94 Crime Bill says that a firearm is substantially identical. And here's what it says. A semi-automatic firearm should be considered as substantially identical, that is, identical in all material respects, to a named assault weapon if it meets the below listed criteria. So right away, a named assault weapon is in their opinion, and we don't use the term assault weapon, which shows you just how screwed up the opinion is even from the get-go. 
But then it says, a semi-automatic rifle that has the ability to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of the following features. So in New Jersey, if you have a semi-automatic rifle that takes a detachable magazine, you're allowed one of these offending features, but not two or more. And of those features, here they are, a folding or telescoping, telescoping stock, a pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon, a bayonet mount, a flash suppressor or threaded barrel designed to accommodate a flash suppressor, and a grenade launcher. Okay, great. That grenade launcher always is hilarious because uh, it's not the grenade launcher, folks. It's the freaking grenades. But anyway... Why should logic have any play here? Of course it doesn't. But the problem is there are many hundreds of thousands of semi-automatic rifles that take a detachable magazine that have been sold as New Jersey compliant that have at least one of the features, just one. And the most common, by far, would be an AR-type semi-auto that has a pistol grip. I mean, just about every Jersey legal AR has a pistol grip, but it doesn't have any other features, so they're Jersey legal. Well, the problem now is if you have a such a firearm, well, you're in for some problems. And I'm going to explain why when we come back. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Hey, welcome back. So, I want to just mention that I I really appreciate folks listening to uh, Gun Lawyer. And it's really important that uh, you subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it and have them subscribe 
um, this is our way of communication. There is a war on us. I call it the uh, war of woke aggression. But the war of woke aggression is uh, spread out to making all kinds of claims, including that gun rights are racist and they're trying to shut us down on that basis. I'm, um, you know, I see more and more of this, including so-called uh, uh, academic uh, scholarly writings that claim that the Second Amendment is racist, etc. So this is their angle, and the social media and such are trying to shut us down on so many of these ways, you know, gun violence and all this stuff. Gun Lawyer and this podcast is a way to communicate information to you regardless of what the lamestream media and big tech and they try to stop us. So please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends to do the same and I can get this information like we're talking about today. Information that some don't even think you should you should know. But I believe you should know it because you need to know it so you can defend yourself and you can take precautions and beware because that knowledge is critical. As the old Clint Eastwood movie, you know, as the line went, you know, sometimes a mere scrap of information can save a man's life. And that's true, and I believe in that. So I want you to have that information. So where are we here? Well, here's where we're at. The New Jersey Attorney General opinion that defines substantially identical and goes by offending features includes bayonet mount. Not bayonet lug, but bayonet mount. And now Picatinny rails are bayonet mounts. And any prosecutor can easily be able to show that a Ontario Knife Company retractable bayonet can mount to your Picatinny rail on your gun. And therefore, your pistol grip and bayonet mount put you in possession of an assault firearm. And you now face the draconian penalties that we discussed earlier. You think that's crazy? You think that I'm fear-mongering? You think that I'm just uh, you know, being an alarmist? Well, I'll tell you what, folks. I've got file cabinets full of cases of people that would hotly dispute those claims and wish that they knew information beforehand so they could have done something to save themselves. And that's my job. That's my goal. Hey, you know, I defend law-abiding gun owners, my living as a gun attorney. If I didn't tell you these things and then you get charged, I can make more money even, right? Why would I even want to tell you how to defend yourself? It's ridiculous. Of course I want you to know. I don't want any brother in arms or sister in arms to be turned into a felon, to be disenfranchised of their gun rights. I want you to be protected. This is why you have to know this stuff. So if you have a Picatinny rail, particularly if it's up front toward the muzzle of your firearm, you've got a problem. And remember, those Picatinny rails are used for multiple things up front. Flashlights, lasers, uh, front grips, forward grips, right? You've seen all that. You've seen Picatinny rail. There's plenty of guns that even have them integral right into the forearm. Then there's the uh, 
various locking systems on the modular uh, forearms that can take Picatinny rail. Well, don't have a Picatinny rail installed on your modular uh, forearm. You know, your M-lock, whatever, key, key, lock, all that stuff, man. You don't want to have that. You have a Picatinny rail on it, and now a claim can be made. And look, it doesn't have to be right under the barrel up front either. Side mounts, plenty of bayonets throughout history of firearms. I've had side-mounted bayonets, plenty. So, you know, you look at the, uh, you know, the Moisen carbine, side mount. Look at these things. You know, this is uh, common, and there's no reason it can't be on top of it either. There's been all kinds of configurations. I mean, maybe if you have a Picatinny rail and it's not in the forward portion of the gun, we would try to argue, well, it's not where a traditional bayonet would mount, and therefore it's not a bayonet mount. But the state might very well still argue if you pick a tinny anywhere on your gun that a bayonet can mount because the attorney general opinion doesn't say that it has to be in a traditional bayonet mounting position. It just has to have a bayonet mount. And now with the new introduction of this bayonet, Picatinny rails have become bayonet mounts. And that is the significance of this. And you need to know it. And you need to make sure that at least, at a minimum, the forward position on your firearm, on your semi-automatic firearm that already has one offending feature, that it does not have Picatinny rail up front. Because this can be demonstrated. This is important to recognize it shows how the evolution of technology can impact dramatically on definitions that have been put into our laws now sometimes technology creates loopholes where freedom finds a way and that's a good thing and we've seen many times where that occurs um, assisted openers with knives. Switchblades are prohibited, but the assisted opener is not because it doesn't have a button or other device in the handle. Yet you can still open it with one hand and it still has a spring assist, but it's not a switchblade. So there you see loophole in action by technology and its evolution gaining more freedom. But sometimes the opposite can occur. And it's not intentional. And a matter of fact, this is a wonderful product. I love the idea of a retractable bayonet. I like the idea that it can mount and be useful as a knife that can easily come off and on and all the advantages that such, a, such an edged weapon would have, and that's fine. But uh, unfortunately, there's still the impact to the negative side of now opening the door for claims of making an entire class of lawfully possessed firearms into contraband. And that's what has happened here. And keep in mind, it's not just a current problem for New Jerseyans, which it is, and for other states that use bayonet mount as a criteria. But where did bayonet mount come from? Where did that so-called offending feature come from? Well, it came from 
1994 assault weapon ban. In other words, that bayonet mount was part of the federal law at one point. Now, the federal law on assault weapons sunset in 2004. It went away. It was only a 10-year law. Now, they want to bring it back. And if they bring it back and it has bayonet mount on it, well, that's going to cause a whole other world. Of pro we need to be aware of this because as new legislation gets proposed and these ridiculous add-ons are put in, you need to understand the ramifications of such under new technologies. And we have to fight, of course, the entire ban being proposed. But you have to also focus on these particularly troublesome issues. Because sometimes, if something's going to get jammed through with a anti-gun controlled legislature, sometimes you can still get some amendments or some things struck, and uh, you may not get the whole prize, but at least you can get some things removed from it. And that's, of course doesn't mean we quit fighting. It doesn't mean we accept this law. No, but if we can stop a whole class of individuals from becoming felons and possessing contraband, I think that's a good thing to do. So again, knowledge, awareness, understanding of the law. That's vital. It's what we're about. We're about getting information to you so that you know and can take the steps to defend yourself i'm sure there'll be folks that say oh you're giving them ideas you're telling you know this <laughs> that's all fine and dandy but the deal is they're often the folks prosecuting and investigating and prosecuting often they're not the smartest folks and they don't know guns as well as we know i understand that but other times they're surprisingly good and they figure it out because all it takes is some prosecutor who doesn't know a bayonet mount from a bayonet lug from a bayonet and ask their so-called expert well what is this what is this and what is this thing up front which happens to be a picatinny rail and that expert says you know you can actually mount a bayonet on that and now the person is facing indictment and charges for possession of assault firearm and i've seen it happen i've seen it happen on many different definitions i've had fights over stocks that are pinned where the state says oh it's not sufficiently pinned and wanting to pursue assault firearm charges against honest great citizens they don't care that it'll destroy your life that it'll destroy your career destroy your family, destroy your hopes and dreams. That's not a consideration. No, no, no. You see, there's an anti-gun narrative and an anti-gun agenda that must be pursued. And if you are simply destroyed in the process, well, that's a cost of pursuing the narrative and the agenda because the attack on our gun rights is multi-level and they do it to, of course, uh, avoid the real problems. They do it all the time as, a, uh, as smoke and mirrors and to divert your attention from real crime and real problems. 
you know, it's going on now. All these uh, killings and shootings uh, in Chicago and other places. And uh, what's it do to? Oh, of course, you know, defunding the police. Hey, maybe that has something to do about it. Uh, and uh, this entire uh, attitude of the progressive left. But uh, no, 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 no. Let's blame guns. And see, this is part of it. The blame guns thing is their narrative. So they don't have to not blame the actual real people committing the problems, which are often their constituents. So, you know, you don't want to go there. And it's much easier to sell some scary gun thing that, of course, is irrelevant to crime in order to promote the agenda. And I don't want to see any of you become a victim. I believe in knowledge. I believe in truth. Take steps to protect yourself and your loved ones. And, you know, Facebook is uh, shadow banning me. They're throttling back my uh, posts and even promotion of the show. So I'd really appreciate if you would uh, post and tell folks about the show. Make sure that you get the word out on social media to the degree that we can. Because they don't want you to know this and they're trying to hold you back. Uh, we have a lot of problems with social media. And this is, uh, we uh, at the moment, we can work within it to the best we can of course at some point it's just going to be utterly uh, useless and uh, but till then please uh, promote it on facebook and get folks signed up so that we don't lose our voice uh, this is evan knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals they protect criminals from honest citizens Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.